Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. You might not realise this, but I worked for Dave for the first six years of my ministry, I think. Uh, served under him first as a volunteer, and then um, he somehow managed to wrangle a job for me as a high school's pastor, and, uh, and my journey's gone on from there. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for what you guys did for us to give us our chance in ministry, even when we were really pretty young and uh, a lot of mess and baggage in our lives. But we, we honour you guys and love you guys, and, uh, and very grateful for where we are. I wouldn't even be saved today if it wasn't for Dave. Uh, Dave left Christchurch, went to Hillsong College for a number of years, came back. My life was really a disaster and in the gutter. And uh, Dave came home from um, having been in Australia to live again and invited me to a bonfire. And uh, so I went to the bonfire, having nothing to do with church at all at that point, but I thought a bonfire seems like a great thing to be a part of, where I met a girl. Bonfires are great for this stuff, by the way. Just saying. And I met a girl who I married. And, uh, and the rest is history. Really, I found Christ in a radical way, uh, transformed my life out of all kinds of addictions and mess. And so it's a real pleasure to be standing here today and able to share with you guys. So I just want to start by echoing the Hillsong thing. No, I don't go to Hillsong for, for a message. It's really not what Hillsong Conference does for me. What Hillsong Conference does for me is it builds my faith. And it helps me to see that, that there's more for us and we can have a bigger faith and belief for more as the church of, of, of the living God. And so I don't know about you, but everything about God's kingdom and about God's church is meant to grow in advance. It's never meant to stay the same. It's never meant to shrink backwards. It's forever moving forward. And so to go to Hillsong and hear from these guys and catch something in your spirit and in your faith that says, there's more for us. I don't know what you think about your life or how you see your life. Do you believe that God has more for you than what you're experiencing in your journey of life so far? Does anybody believe that? I hope you do because... That's the God we serve. We serve the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine according to his work, his work, his power at work within us. That's the God we serve. So God has more for you than you're experiencing right now. And the message I'm going to share with you this morning really comes out of that because I don't just want to give you another message. I don't want to come all the way to Australia and share with you and just give you another message. And you say, well, it was good or it wasn't good or it touched my life or it didn't touch my life, depending on what he had to say. What I want to do is deposit faith into you. So my whole goal today is just to sow some seeds of faith for you to believe that God has more in store for you than you're experiencing right now. That you would actually catch something in your spirit that, that God hasn't finished with. You draw breath. God is not finished with you. And for some of you, you might sit here and say, well, what can God do with me? Maybe you're getting older. I don't know what your story is, but God is never finished with you if you're drawing breath. You can still pray. You can still praise God. You can still have faith for more. You can still see another generation rise up to serve God with all their, your, their heart. God is never finished with us. Uh, and I, I, I believe that all my life. And that's why believing for things to always move forward. So I want to give you two, just two keys around what I think gives us a great sense of kingdom advance. And I'm not just talking about the church, although I feel this is prophetic for the church, for you guys. It's also true for you as an individual, and I believe it'll be prophetic for you as an individual. Here's the two things. The first thing I want to talk about is new territory. And the second thing is this idea of momentum. Because as I said, the kingdom of God is an ever-advancing kingdom. 
So there's momentum about the kingdom of God. But it means there's also new territory that we haven't yet experienced, that you haven't yet experienced. Does anyone believe that God has new territory for them? If his kingdom's advancing, then it's advancing into new territory. Therefore, God has new territory for you. But I wonder when you look at your life today, maybe your business, maybe you look at your marriage, maybe you look at your family or even your kids, as you gaze around your current given territory, let me put it this way, you gaze at your sphere of influence where you have an influence. Do you look and see good, fertile land ready to produce something, to produce a harvest for the kingdom of God? Or do you just see hard work, dry ground, just difficulty in every area that you look at? I don't know what you see in your current state, in your current given territory, but what do you see? I wonder what it is. Perhaps you look inward into your life and areas of your life and all you see is broken and messy, and you wonder how on earth is God ever going to produce something great or something of note out of my life? Things may even seem for you just a little bit dark. You may feel stuck and settled to believe there will be no new territory for you at all. But I'm here to tell you that if you draw breath today and you're a follower of Christ, there is new territory for you that God has set before you. There is more for you to experience than you've experienced so far. Joshua chapter 17. I'm going to read to you from verse 14 to 18. Have you ever been reading the Bible and just kind of reading through it, not really expecting God to kind of speak to you? Has anyone been in that? You're just kind of reading it because you know you should read the Word, or is it only me? Just kind of read the Bible. I better read the Bible. I'm a pastor. I better read the Bible. And here I was. Do you do that, Dave? No, you're, you're more holy than I am. But here I was, I was in Joshua and I was just reading through and, and, and previous to this passage, we see that Joshua is allotting land to the people of Israel. He's giving out their portion of the promised land and he's allotting, giving allotments of land. And here we read in verse 14, and this is kind of where I want to launch into today. It says this, the people of Joseph said to Joshua, why have you given us only one allotment and one portion for an inheritance? We are a numerous people And the Lord has blessed us abundantly. Did you catch the question? Why have you given us only one allotment and one portion? Verse 15, if you are so numerous, Joshua answered, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear the land for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephites. The people of Joseph replied, the hill country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron, both those in Bethshan and its settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, why don't you catch this prophetically, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are numerous and very powerful. You have not only one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it and its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. So here's the prophetic statement for your church. God has more territory for you as a church. And and it's not just for the pastors to believe this, it's for the body to believe this. God has more in store for Penrith Church of Christ. God has new territory for you. God has more territory for your family personally. God has more territory for your business or your sphere of influence or your friendships. I felt God say there is more for you than even 
Though there seems to be an enemy who already inherits the territory. God has more in store for you. Did you catch it? There's this forest to be cleared. What is that speaking of? Well, here's what it speaks to me prophetically. It means there is territory for us, but it's going to take some hard work. It's going to take people who see fertile land, but hey, we're going to do some clearing. We're going to put some hard work in. We've got some trees to fell. We've got some stuff to clear. God says, well, there's the territory, but hey, you want to use it and you want to farm it? Guess what? It's going to take some hard work. It's going to take people who say, hey, I'm up for hard work. Well, what does clearing trees look like? How does that function in a local church? Well, we talk to our church about the fact that, you know, when somebody welcomes at the door or somebody cleans the auditorium or somebody take, sets the place up with excellence because they care, sets hospitality, tea and coffee, welcomes people and creates an atmosphere of belonging, does the hard yards. They are people who have said, I'll clear trees. I'm willing to do the hard yards. Those that do ministries, those that put on nights for the state of origin, for the people who need to come in and be cared for. There are people who say, hey, we're willing to clear some trees. We're willing to do some hard work because God has new territory for us. There are people in Penrith who need to know Jesus. There are people out there who need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. There are people out there that right now are dying and perishing and they need people of God to say, we're willing to clear the trees and the allotted land that God's given us to do the hard work to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's us. God, we're willing to do what it takes to clear the trees. In your family, it's being willing, even though there might be some separation and some distance, to have someone over for a meal, to bring an encouraging word, to turn up to family events, to be in their life and be their greatest encourager. When you carry faith and when you live like that, you say to God, God, I'm willing to clear some trees. I'm willing to do some hard yards. I'm willing to do the work that it takes in order to have some new territory. Does that get anybody... Slightly happy. So there's new territory for you. I believe that with all my heart. It's not just for Penrith Church of Christ. It's it's for you because you are the church. God has plans in place for you to increase your influence, increase your territory. And I believe it's for every person who's sitting in this room this morning. It's not for one or two. It's not for those you look at and say, well, they're more gifted than me. Guess what? God keeps this idea of ministry Really simple. Whatever God's put within you, the gifts, the talents, the abilities He's given you, He will use that to clear trees. He'll use that to increase your territory. Well, I want to speak to you as well about momentum. And then we'll pull these things together. Have you ever understood the scientific definition of momentum? Does anyone know it? I'm going to give it to you. Off the great Wikipedia. Every great preacher goes. In classical mechanics... Stay with me. Linear momentum or translational momentum is the product of the mass and velocity of an object. Like velocity, linear momentum is a vector quantity processing a direction as well as a magnitude. Linear momentum is also a conserved quality 
quantity, meaning that if a closed system is not affected by external forces, its total, total linear momentum cannot change. Although originally expressed in Newton's second law, the conservation of linear momentum also holds in special relativity and with appropriate definitions, a generalised linear momentum cons conservation law hold in electrodynamics, quantum mechanics, quantum field theory, general relativity and relativistic mechanics, non-relativistic linear momentum is further multiplied by Lorentz factor. Does anybody understand any of that? If you do, you're much smarter than me by a long way. Well, what about this? This is a, something that I do understand. Momentum was not merely the motion, which was motus, but was the power residing in a moving object, captured by today's mathematical definitions. Do you understand that? Momentum was not merely motion, but it was the power residing in a moving object that gives it momentum. What do I mean? Well, here's the first thing. Momentum is not merely motion. It's not merely motion. This tells me we can have all kinds of motion, all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of activity, but no momentum. You can have things in, like church conflicts. Who loves those? Me. In church conflicts, you can have lots of motion, lots happening, lots going on, but what it does is stall momentum. When a husband and a wife are so busy blaming each other, they no longer see the good in each other. You've got lots of motion and lots of activity and stalled momentum. It's when the employee is so busy complaining about their boss, they can no longer see the great job that they have when so many others are out of work. Lots of motion, lots of talk, lots of activity, but no momentum. Momentum is not merely the motion. It's not merely just going through the motions. Listen, you can come to church, you can have a faith, you can decide you want to go out and do something, and you can have all kinds of motion and somehow not have any momentum. Churches can have a lot of motion, a lot happening, and no momentum. Here's the second part. Momentum is the power residing in a moving object. Well, guess what? We are the moving object. You are the moving object. And it's the power residing in us that gives us momentum. It's the power residing in us as we move that gives us momentum. Is anybody getting this? It's the power, the one, the only, living, active, all-knowing, all-present, almighty God residing in us when we are moving that gives us momentum. Otherwise, it's motion. But I don't want motion. I want momentum. And so I want the activity, yes, but I want the power of an almighty God living in me. You want the power of an almighty God living inside you so you don't only have motion, but you have momentum. Is that not true? Because it's the power within the object that gives it its forward-pressing momentum. It's the power of God within you. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so what are we to do, church? We are to hunger for the presence and the spirit of God in our lives. So we don't just water church and kingdom down to merely motion, but momentum. Spirit of God, if you're going to change this area, Penrith, if you're going to see great increase and growth, you're going to have to do some hard work and clear some trees, but you also need the Spirit of God to give you momentum. Otherwise, you'll have a whole lot of motion and not achieve a whole lot for the kingdom of God because it's the power 
of God residing within an object that gives it momentum. Here's the third part of that, captured by today's mathematical definitions. Here's how I put it into Bible terms, captured by our faith. The Bible tells me it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. We capture momentum when we are God-focused. The momentum we are experiencing, that you're experiencing, you'll continue to experience, will come from the power of an almighty God residing in us, giving us forward momentum. I want to encourage you in this. This is for every single one of us. It's not for some of us. God's plan is for the church to grow. See, the church is the instrument of the kingdom of God to reach the earth. That's God's vehicle. He's chosen the church, you and me. There's not another vehicle. God's reach is extended when we extend our reach. Do do you understand this? God isn't forcing. God has chosen to use you. But God will give you the power if you'll reach out in faith to Him, if you'll hunger for more of God, if you'll spend time in prayer and prayer meetings, if you'll turn up and do what you said you'll do, if you'll believe with the vision of the church for the more that God has for you, if you'll get behind state of origin games and do the hard work, but be filled with the Spirit of God, you'll get forward momentum. This is the plan of God to bring growth. As we began to prophesy this stuff into our church, and I didn't know what I was going to share with you this morning, and Ange said, this is the, this is the word for the church. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to bring this sermon for the church because it's prophetic. It was off the back of this series we did on momentum and new territory that we launched into Thailand, and the whole thing came together, and God did something we'd, we'd not ever believed for before. We took up an offering. I don't say this to gloat at all. I'm not going to give you any numbers, but we set a target, and we doubled it in one week doubled it in one week. Why? Because the people didn't just do the motion and go through the motions of doing church. If we just go through the motions, we get the basic same week in, week out. But if the people of God will be full of the Spirit of God, if they'll hunger for more of God, if they'll spend time listening to His voice, then we start to get momentum. Then we start to see the body of Christ moving forward in power, the power that comes from God. And I'm prophesying that for you. I believe that for you. If you'll reach out in power and reach out to God, open your heart, pray and believe God for something. I believe with all my heart. You don't just get motion. I'm not saying you have, please don't hear me. But you'll get increased momentum. And it's not just for here, it's for your life. Wherever your sphere of influence is, your family, your sports team, your business, wherever you go, God will give you forward spiritual momentum. So the key to personal momentum is to keep our eyes fixed on God. It's not just on Sunday. Please don't become a Sunday Christian. It's every day of the week. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. Earlier I mentioned Joshua 17. God has more territory for you as a church. It's true for you as an individual. The people of Joseph wanted more than one allotment. Joshua tells them, clear the hill country, drive out the enemy. The key to great momentum is not in our strength, but the power of God within us. So keep your eyes fixed on God. How am I going for time, Dave? I just want to get to this next bit. Joshua 3, verse 1 to 5. This is earlier on, preceding what we've just read. It says this early in the morning. They're about to go into the promised land. And I love this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from, now this is pronounced Shittim, and went to the Jordan. It's a very nice word. When they camped before crossing over, 
After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Is anyone ever thankful for tomorrow? Have you ever had days where you're just thankful for tomorrow? Well, you can prophetically hold on to that. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you, and I believe that with all my heart. But look what Joshua did. He had the people focus on what? He had them focus on the Ark of the Covenant. In other words, here's what he did. He pointed them to something that was familiar to them. The Ark of the Covenant was familiar to the Israelites as they entered a land that was going to be unfamiliar. Did you catch that? Joshua, the leader, pointed them to something that was familiar as he was about to lead them into something that was completely unfamiliar. So what did the Ark represent? First and foremost, it represented God's presence. The second thing is that it represented the written word of God, or it contained the written word of God. See, when you are focused on the Lord, He will lead you into new territory that is unfamiliar to you. And you will gain, I believe this, you will gain momentum that moves you forward into all the more that God has for you. For the Israelites, the more was the promised land. They're about to go into the land that was promised to them. I mean, that's more, right? The land that was flowing with milk and honey, this this great promised land, they're about to go there, but it was unfamiliar. And here they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River. Now you may not have picked this up, but at the season they were in, it was harvest time, and in harvest time the river's always in flood. And so now we have a, a flooded river. We're not just talking a stream, we're talking a river in full flood, bank to bank, rippled waves of muddy water as the river's in flood, standing between them and the promised land. There was no bridge. There was no bridge for them to cross. God didn't miraculously build a bridge and say, cross over the bridge. But as the priests, catch this, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, it wasn't until their toes touched the water or the edge of the flooded water that the river began to back up and the Israelites could go through on dry land. In other words, they fixed their eyes on the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and the written word. It wasn't until the priest's toes. Now, the people had to be ready to go. And when the priest's toes touched the water, I mean, God could have backed the river up before they ever had to get to the edge. But no, no, they had to what? Had to take a step of faith. But they weren't on their own, were they? The presence of God and the promise of his word was with them. And so as the priest put their toes into the river, guess what the river does? The river backed up. Who thinks that's a pretty incredible miracle? See, when you fix your eyes on God, according to verse 4, you will know the way to go even though you've not been this way before. It may be that to get there seems impossible for you. I, I don't know what everyone in this room today is facing. I don't know what your new territory looks like or what you're believing God for. We know some of you are believing God for miracles of healing. This morning you've reached out in faith to God for God to bring you a breakthrough. For some of you it might be financial. You're hanging on to God. God, I need help. Maybe some of you it's depression and it's been ongoing year after year and you've been saying, God, this this affliction has to go. I don't don't want you believe. Maybe you're believing for a business or a new idea that you want to launch or a ministry that you felt God put in your heart, but somehow you haven't seen it come to pass and somehow someone else seemed to get opportunities that you, I don't know what is before you or what the flooded river of opposition looks like for you. 
But listen, we know that even with Joseph, there was an enemy who inherited the land. They were already there. The land was given to them, but there was an enemy in play already. Look, you don't get into new territory with ease. There's trees to be cleared, and there's an enemy who already possesses the territory. But he doesn't own the territory. The territory belongs to God. But he's not going to give it up with ease. The flooded river isn't just going to back up on its own. It's going to take people of God to step toes of faith into the edge of the water and trust God with all their heart. So I don't know what the river of opposition is standing between you and the territory God has for you. Maybe it's doubt that God can do it. Maybe it's fear of the unknown. Is it the desire to stay where it feels safe for many people? I see the river. I want to stay where it's safe. I may never get a breakthrough. I may never get to the other side. But at least here, at least it's safe. As some of you, it's bondage, as I said, sickness or depression. Maybe it's sin or selfishness. Maybe it is finances, as I said. But perhaps the promise is a business. But somehow the finances don't seem to line up. Is it a broken relationship, a marriage? Maybe it's a child who's walked away from God. What stands in opposition to the promise? The Israelites had to focus on God and the priests. But they didn't see the river back up until their toes touched the edge. In other words, they moved forward in faith. Are you catching this? Toward the opposition, with their eyes not focused on the problem, but their eyes fixed on God. That's what gives momentum. That's what sees something shift. My eyes have to be fixed on God and not fixed on the problem. Are you with me? I'm coming to an end, I promise. So remember what gives us forward momentum. is the power of an almighty God residing in us as we move forward in faith. We invite God's presence into our lives each and every day, in each and every situation. Look, God's kept it simple for us. It's not in your strength, it's in mine. It's not in your gifts, Carl. It's not in your talents. It's not in your abilities. And trust me, if it was in my gifts, my talents, my abilities, we wouldn't do very well. Because I know me. And a lot in there. But I'll tell you what, with the power of God within us, we can do all kinds of things that we thought were totally impossible. But it's not our strength, it's His. It's not looking at the problem, it's looking at the God who can give us breakthrough in the problem. So to be God-focused, we need to spend time with Him and our attention needs to be on Him. As we do that through prayer, through reading the Word, through feeding our spirit, guess what happens? We grow in faith. and We will see God. Come on, you've got to believe us. We will see God do amazing things. We're going to see God do amazing things in Christchurch, and we are. We're going to see God do amazing things in Thailand. We're going to see God do amazing things in Penrith. Is that not true? If that doesn't get an amen, I don't know what will because you're here not by accident. There's a reason you're here. There's a reason God's so good. Listen, the devil sows people and so does God. God sows people. Do you believe that? Because you're the answer to someone else's need. So God sows people into places. I believe this with all my heart. I'm not in Christchurch by accident. I'm sowed to be there. Now we're in Thailand because God sent us to be there. So you're here because God sowed you here. Therefore, your passion and your desire must be that this community in Penrith can be transformed by the power of God. Amen? Amen. That wasn't meant to sound telling off, by the way, but my cold made it come out like, Amen? That's better. There is breakthrough ahead for you, and there are fulfilled promises ahead for you. Some of you have been waiting years for the fulfillment of promises. 
I'm believing in God for those to come to pass. I'm believing as you approach God with renewed faith and zeal that the river of opposition would back up and you would walk through on dry ground and see the fulfillment of God's promise. For some of you, your desire in God is just to have a great family life, to raise great faith-filled kids. What a great desire. What a great passion to have. I want to raise a great godly family and raise great godly kids. I reckon that's where it all starts anyway. That's our foundation. I, I believe that's what God wants of all of us. But what's the river of opposition to that? Because there is one. It's called culture. There's a culture out there that wants to influence their lives, children's lives. But you know what we do as parents? We fix our eyes on God and pray. And we trust Him with their lives. That's a godly way to live. Fix your eyes on Him. Our desires and promises will be many and varied here this morning. But let's have renewed focus and faith through prayer and reading of God's Word, through gathering together. And this is why church is so important. It's the body of Christ coming together. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible tells us, as one brother sharpens another. We're called to be in community. It's called koinonia, community, relationship, fellowship with one another. That's the plan and design of God. I'm thankful for the church family. I didn't. Our family was broken and messy, but we joined a church family. Man, the church family builds you up joins together with you, holds you together when things are bad. It's a family of faith and there are people not part of our family who don't know what it's like to be in the church family. That's why we've always got to create room for more. Have a bigness of spirit about us that says, hey, the empty seat next to me, that's for somebody. We want to always be a church that wants to create room and create opportunity for people. That's the church. That's the family. Never give up meeting together. It's vital because it gives us and helps us to keep our eyes fixed on God which gives us forward spiritual momentum. We need to place our trust completely in Him, obey Him, and commit to being fully and completely the church, the people, the individuals, men and women together, that He is calling us to be. Every individual focuses their attention on God. Listen, you'll see the rivers back up. You'll see the miracles happen. But it comes not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. Not just motion, but forward spiritual momentum for you as a church. Can we pray? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us today. Lord, I know not every person in this room feels your presence, but the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And we lay hold in faith today that God, you by your presence are here this morning. We thank you that your presence is also with us each and every day, wherever we go, whatever we do. We thank you, God, for forward momentum in every single one of our lives as we fix our eyes on you, as we open up our lives daily to your presence, that we would see ourselves moving into new territory. Thank you for it, Jesus. Territory maybe that we've never been in before. Territory that is even unfamiliar to us. Lord, as we continue to pursue you, focus on you. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would deposit a fresh sense of faith into every heart that is here this morning. But God, if we draw breath, you are not finished with us. You have more for every single one of us. And I just pray now, Lord, let a seed of faith 
drop into every heart in Jesus name Lord as we continue to pursue you and focus on you we receive increased faith Lord we know we will do amazing things you will do amazing things among us as you did with the Israelites and you will leave us completely astounded at your goodness in our lives Lord I pray this message would resound in every heart not just in some that for every single one of us we would believe for the more as you are the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. You are the God of the more, more territory and more momentum. Father, for those this morning who are facing opposition, obstacles, sickness, and they need a breakthrough, I pray their eyes would be fixed on you and that God, as they move forward in faith and their toes touch the water, that the river of opposition, in Jesus' name, it would back up and they would walk through on dry ground. God, I prophesy the breakthrough and the miraculous. But Lord, I pray it starts with our faith and our eyes fixed firmly on you. I thank you for Penrith Church of Christ and its great forward momentum. I thank you for the many community ministries that come out of the heart of this church. Generosity of spirit that is among the people, where people are saying, God, we're up for clearing some trees. We're up for doing some hard work. We're up for making way in the wilderness to have some fertile land that would produce a great harvest. God, anoint your people for the more that you have for them, I pray, in Jesus' name. And as they go, Lord, as they serve you, you would add and add and add to them, and increase would be their portion. And God, the God who can do more, immeasurably more than we can ask, think, or imagine according to His power at work within us. We bless you today, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.